Warning, the following podcast contains mature content. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, and welcome to the jury room, where we dissect some of the most heinous, some of the most unthinkable, and some of the most monstrous crimes to ever scar the earth, from cannibalistic serial killers to decades-old unsolved mysteries. Well, welcome back to another Aftermath episode. On this episode, I'm excited. I have somebody who has been around in the podcasting world, I guess, probably longer than I have, but she's been a really great supporter since I've been around, and I'm really excited to have her. Jenny, welcome to the show. How are you doing? Hi, I'm good. Thank you for having me. Absolutely. It's my pleasure. I feel like uh, we've talked about collaborating for a very long time, and uh, here we are. Yeah, it's been about two years for me, and I think you started shortly after me, so... October will be my second year. (laughs) There you go. Uh, Well, why don't you introduce your podcast, where they can find you at, and then we'll go from there. Yes, so I'm Jenny. I'm the host of It's Murder Up North, which is a true crime podcast that covers cases in the north of England. Um, You mainly can find me on any podcasting platform, and I'm mainly communicable on Twitter. It's the only one I know how to use. Uh, you know what? Uh, I'm in that same boat. I try to post to Instagram. I'm getting better at it, but I'm like, I don't understand it. Yeah, Instagram just confuses me. So why don't you tell me a little bit about your podcast? What's <laughs> it about and what do you cover? So, um, yeah, it's basically cases in the north of England. So uh, murders, mainly sold ones, just because they're easier to get the information on. Um, yeah. I mean, that's fair. That's um, fair. Yeah, and it's I like to cover things that are lesser known that, that people don't know about, but that are just as important to tell, especially from the victim side of it. So I always go into their life and who they were before they were murdered and things like that. Focus less on the murderer. Was, um, yeah, so it's all about the victim and less about the killer. What's the hardest case you've had to cover so far? Um, for me, it's any with children. So my very first episode. Um, was on um, James Bulger, who was a three-year-old who was murdered in Liverpool. And that was really difficult. And then I did one on a little girl called Francesca Bimson, who was killed in a house fire. And my biggest fear is, is my children being trapped in a house fire. So that was horrible. It devastated me, that one. So I try and avoid kids' ones now. So I don't do as many. No, that's that's a fair settlement, right? Especially when you have kids, because... Uh, a parent's worst fear is to have them die, especially in a tragic way like that, right? Yeah, and it was just her dad tried to get in to save her, and he couldn't. He ended up jumping out of the window and breaking both his ankles, and he still tried to go back into the house to save her, and it just it was devastating. And it was just some guy taking revenge, and he got the wrong house. It's just horrible. No way. So he didn't even get the right, I mean, not that revenge is the right recipe, right? So it was revenge on an ex, but he didn't realize his ex didn't live at that house. It was her sister's house. So he got the wrong house and the daughter ended up dying in in it at the end. Oh, that's so sad. That is, that's devastating. Well, welcome to the jury room. I'm really excited to have you. Had you heard of this conspiracy theory before this episode? I had, and I think it was featured on, I want to say something like Supernatural or someone did it. And that's when I first heard it. And then I've looked into it a little bit. So I know a little bit about it. 
little bit about it. I had never heard about it before I started researching it. I had a true crime episode that I was working on, uh, but with the light of the mass shooting that we had uh, last week, I decided against it and I decided to go a different route just out of respect. So I had never heard of it before and it was a quick, you know, easy case to to throw together or episode, I guess I should say, to throw together and to be able to, to get it out on time. Uh, so I had never heard of it before. So I feel like this is one of those uh, first instances of having uh, misinformation, right? Where people kind of latched onto something instead of doing their own due diligence, right? <clears throat> Definitely. I mean, he, he took the word of one person. <laughs> it was just like, oh yeah, it must be true. That person said it was. <laughs> Right. And it's, this is the time when, uh, we didn't necessarily, they didn't have a connection that we have now to information, right? Even now, even with all the information that we have out there, for some strange reason, people still get it wrong. But yeah, it's one of those situations too, where they were kind of in that fear of the, the UFOs, you know, of the time frame of when the UFOs were, you know, oh, you know what I mean? Yeah. I mean, it is, I mean, one of the cases I'm doing at the minute, over the 30-year span, the information changed and got twisted and t- transformed and, you know, one lie would get turned into something so much different from what it was to start with. And that's basically what happened with this case. It was one person said something, then the next person said, oh, yeah, I saw it as well. And it kind of like, after you saw the film, oh, yeah, I was there, I saw it. <laughs> and it turns out nobody saw it because it didn't happen. <laughs> Right, exactly. It's like that game of telephone, right? When you play as a kid yeah. where you say one thing in, in somebody's ear and by the time it gets around a circle of 10 people, it's something completely different. Yeah. You heard of the, oh, is it called the Mandela effect? Oh, yeah, the Mandela effect. Yeah, where people believe something's happened when actually it never happened. So they believed that Nelson Mandela had died and he hadn't. But people, so many people believed it, it became almost a truth. And it wasn't a truth. And it's kind of like that kind of idea, isn't it? That the more, more people start believing it and thinking it, the more it becomes truth rather than a lie. Do you believe in the Mandela effect? I've heard examples of it. You know, like people will say quotes and the quote will then stick and people will repeat that same quote and it's ended up being misquoted from the start and then you go back and look at it and actually everybody's saying the quote wrong. So I can't remember. Like they say, beam up Scotty in Star Trek, and he never said it in the whole the whole series. So the Mandela effect is it, that they didn't say it, or that they did say it. They, they, they didn't say it, but people become convinced that it happened. Oh so my. it's like, yeah, with the Philadelphia Project, that guy became so convinced that it happened, and he believed it. And it's that kind of idea. It never happened, but he became so convinced it was true. Well, it's it's funny that you use the beam me up, Scotty reference, because I hadn't heard that. I, I didn't know it was actually not in the show. Uh, I've never watched the show myself, but it was always something that I had heard when I was a kid. Beam me yeah. up, Scotty. They say, we'll say things like beam me up and things like that, but they never actually said the exact words. People have just elaborated on it. All the time. <laughs> that is uh, that is too funny. And now, now I'm now you got my wheels turning. You can't you can't do that to me, man. No, the the Mandela effect is definitely it's interesting because there's some of them that I do believe, and some of them I don't believe. That I'm like, no, I don't remember it that way. But it is. You're right. This is a, is another perfect example of that where 
one person starts it and it kind of just snowballs until somebody else believes it and then just keeps picking up traction and traction and traction. See, I'm, I'm glad we're doing this one because I like conspiracies. I mean, I'm not a like, big conspiracy nut, but I do like conspiracies and I like to, I love listening to other podcasts on conspiracies. So, yeah. <laughs> What's your favorite conspiracy? True crime. I'm a bit of an Atlantis one. I like to think that Atlantis existed at one time. Might not have been Atlantis, but somewhere like that existed. Why do you think we haven't found it if it did exist? Because it's under the sea and we've not been able to go down that deep. <laughs> we explore more space than we have of our own planet. That is true. So the chances are somewhat under the sea that we haven't found yet. That is true. I mean, you you have a very valid point and I can, uh, I can agree with that logic, right? Because there are depths of the sea that they just can't get to yet that they or that they don't want to. Yeah, I'm actually, I think I'm working, the next one I'm going to do, just because of all the crazy stuff that's happening, I think I'm going to do one on Titanic. There's so much uh, information around Titanic and and all the different stories and people. So sneak peek, guys, for everybody who's listening, the next episode will be on Titanic. So yeah, there's so many conspiracy theories out there, and it's it's just crazy how people latch on to that and run with it. You know what I mean? So you know the um, bandmaster on the Titanic? Right. He he was born in a village in a town called Con, which was like right next door to where my I went to high school. So I went to high school in a place called Barnoldswick, and Con was the next town over. And there's a big um, monument to him outside this place called the Municipal Hall. So that was my first thing about Titanic was I saw that when I was really little. He died on a ship, and then it got my wheels turning, and I'm fascinated by it. I love Titanic. That's awesome, though, to be able to. Yeah kind of have that fire lit inside of you right as a little kid because you have no idea what's going on right i think he was learning his story because obviously they stayed and they carried on playing they didn't have to and when i found that out i was like i want to know more want to know more about him and more and then you go on and oh i want to know more about this person and i think that's why i've ended up with true crime because i've always wanted to know what drove that person why 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 you know always asking that 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 you're always trying to answer that question that never seems to have an answer, right? That's that's a fair one. I I don't understand this one though. How at this time? I mean, really, even now, but at this time, that somebody could convince people that a whole ship was able to just disappear and then reappear when there was net like they barely. I don't even think they had color TV at this time. I don't, I don't know how he believed it. You know, it's, I mean, even now, it, well, I assume we don't have that technology. Right. You know, I mean, they weren't that advanced back then. And Roswell hadn't even happened at that point. And so it's kind of like, I know like Area 51, they're probably experimenting with things like that. But one guy saying it, how did you suddenly believe it to be true? I don't, I don't understand it, but, you know. Speaking of Area 51, do you believe in aliens? It's always the question, right? The thing is, you just don't, you don't know what's out there. I don't want to say they don't exist, because the universe is such a place. Right. And I hate the thought that we're all alone in the universe kind of thing, if that makes sense. But until I meet one, then I'll tell you if they exist. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's fair, right? I kind of am leaning, I lean the same way too, right? It's that whole, how can we be the only living organisms in this vast universe that we're in? 
Well, I mean, as it stands, at least our government has acknowledged the fact that there are UFOs, right? That they've caught them on film and that they've acknowledged it. But I, maybe we just, maybe our species just isn't ready for alien contact, right? I mean, if you think about it, like centuries ago, we, we all lived on like our own little islands and that was our world. That's all we knew. And then we started exploring and getting further and further. And then we started encountering other civilizations. But until that point, we didn't realize anybody else was out there. So maybe that's, we just haven't traveled far enough yet. That's a good point. And I guess I've never thought about it like that. That's a very good uh, way to look at it, right? Because I'm sure that there's people in our world who haven't been explored, right? Areas uh, that are deep, far into the jungles or the mountains where that's their world. That's literally, that's all they know. And I guess we would kind of be a foreign species if we kind of ventured upon them, right? Yeah. These kind of cases just kind of just make your wheels turn. You know what I mean? As to like, what, what is out there? Like what people, what are people capable? Well, we know what people are capable and it's pretty grotesque, but to be able to convince just people, it's just, I don't know. It just amazes me. Yeah. I mean, I think that's why I love conspiracy theories so much is because it's, it's just the not knowing and wanting answers. Right. But again, you don't get that answer, right? Cause you don't know if nope. it's real or not. Exactly. <laughs> yeah the 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 Philadelphia project. I was uh, when I started doing my research, I was like, okay, cool, this is cool, cool, cool. And then I realized it was a hoax, and I was like, oh, I got so sad because I was like, I was like, damn, I thought it was real. You know what I mean for a second, and then I was like, oh no, never mind. Like this is fake. Like this is quote unquote fake news, right? <laughs> but history's full of hoaxes, you know. Everybody's going to be fooled once in a while, you know. But it would be cool. I mean, the idea of what they were trying to create, you know, that technology exists and technically clock a ship, but it's from sonar, but it doesn't make the ship go invisible. Right. But sonar can't see them. It's the same with some aircrafts. Some aircrafts, they can clock them so they can't be detected on radar. So I think if that's... One guy said that that's what was on their ship, was that kind of technology that... don't be detectable to sonar and i think it's gone from that to the whole ship turned invisible (laughs) (laughs) right and people like got uh what was it merged into the walls and to the floors and like i don't know where all that came from right but yeah it's it's crazy to think that that they were just able to convince that poor writer right he writes a book about it and ufos and stuff and and then he kills himself thinking that that this story was real and it, it turns out that it wasn't even it wasn't even real. It was just a big old game of telephone. No. So, you know how I was saying about the Atlantis myth and is it true or is it not? I always come up with this thing where, like, in a thousand years' time, somebody could find a copy of The Lord of the Rings buried somewhere and think that that's how people were and that's how people lived and these, or Harry Potter, the wizards existed, you know, because somebody wrote it down. So, like, Maybe it's true, maybe. And I think that's where these conspiracies and these legends come from, is someone writes it down and it makes people question it. So that one guy saying it made another person think, could be true, it could have happened, you know. That's a good point. I never. That's actually a really good way to look at it, right? Is like that, what are people going to think in a thousand years when they find our 
written ledgers, right? Our books, our movies, TV, whatever it is that they're kind of media that they're consuming is what are they going to think of us? What are they going to think our time was like? Because we don't know. I mean, it's like people have these conspiracies about Egyptians and they were helped by aliens because how could they build the pyramids and things with their primitive technology? Well, scientists have now proved that they did, but some people still think they must have had help. That's a whole nother topic, right? That's a whole nother rabbit hole in itself. But it is amazing, though, to think <laughs> how they were able to build those pyramids with their primitive technology, right? With not having the luxuries or the comforts that we have as far as machinery goes, right? The world is a weird place, Jenny. That's what it is. That's it's just the bottom weird. line. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And that's the thing with conspiracies, you can go down the rabbit holes and, you, you know, you can get lost and one thing will connect to the next. And yeah, or, or it, it can be quite scary once you start going down the rabbit holes. Oh, yeah, 100%. Huge shout out to Curly Conspiracies. Uh, they're one of my favorite conspiracy podcasts uh, yes, to listen to are. because they cover just so many different conspiracies. And a lot of them I hadn't even heard of. One of my favorite ones that they covered was the Eminem lookalike or the M- when Eminem... <laughs> was going through his drug phase and he died and then he's got clones and they, you know what I mean? But it's like, how do people come up with this stuff? It's crazy. I I absolutely love that show as well. So (laughs) I've been, I've I've been like their biggest fan since day one. (laughs) So I love that show. That's awesome. That's funny because yeah, they they do a great job. Um, they're they're amazing. But yeah, there's so many different conspiracies out there that you just wonder, like, how do I, I don't know? It's just I guess it's that that unknown, right? People are scared of the unknown and they kind of latch onto it. And it's that not knowing that makes people want answers, right? You know. So I did a lot of the Manchester Pusher. Uh, I don't know if you've heard apparent serial killer is going around pushing people into the canals in Manchester um, and killing them. Most of them are accidents, but some of them are slightly more suspicious. But because people don't want that, that can't be a complete answer, is, oh, it was an accident, they fell in. And some people try and find other meanings and other reasons why this person ended up in the canal, rather than just accepting that actually they probably just fell in. They want want to blame somebody or something else. And I think sometimes that the conspiracies come from as well is they're trying to find other rational explanations because they're not willing to accept reality. Jenny, I got to have you on all the time because you're now my voice of reason. You're going to be the one that pulls <laughs> me back to reality because I, you have a lot of good points and a lot of good viewpoints. So I appreciate that. But yeah, so the Philadelphia Project, hey. do you think that them making a movie on it kind of contributed to that? to that second person coming out? I think so. Much like television, everything was just a newspaper if, if it was ever mentioned in the newspaper. Whereas when the film comes out, it was in 1980, 1985, something. Yeah, 1985. So more people have seen it. They'll be more exposed to it and somebody will go, yeah, I remember that actually. Yeah, that definitely happened. And that's It just takes one person to see it from that point. And all of a sudden, now they've got a memory for of it, right? Yeah. I guess it's kind of like that radio show back in the day. What was Wait, it? Brought you noise. You're on about War of the Worlds. I was going to get... That's exactly what I was going to say. <laughs> yeah. That was more um, hysteria, where they 
believed it was happening because they would, it was done as an emergency broadcast. Right. So people thought it was actually happening because the start of the um, program was an emergency broadcast, so people panicked because all they had was the radio to tell them what was going on in the world. Right. They didn't have another kind of uh, means of media to consume to be able to confirm nor deny it, right? Exactly. Yeah, and you're right. Hysteria is a good word to use for that because you hear people talking about that, and that literally caused, like, mass panic. See, but now we've got so many means of checking stuff. We've obviously got 24-hour news and things like that, so we're not as exposed to that. You know, if we want to make sure something's actually true, we can just check it straight there. But they haven't. They didn't have that luxury. They were just tuned into the radio, and next thing they know, this emergency broadcast is coming out saying the aliens have come. Thank God for Twitter news, right? Yes, that's the most important one. <laughs> Everything <laughs> Follow closely by Facebook. <laughs> Everything on the internet is true. Obviously. Obviously. But no, this is this is definitely one of those cases that I feel not cases conspiracies that. I think somebody's imagination kind of just got the best of them. Do you have any final thoughts on the Philadelphia experiment? I think we just said H.G. Wells, I think it would have been a perfect uh, story written by him. You know, like his time machine, his vanishing shit would have been perfect for him. <laughs> 100%. In H.G. Wells, Philadelphia experiment book is what we need. We're going to get in our, right, we're gonna get in our time ship and go back and make him write it, right? Well, Jenny, thanks for coming on. I appreciate you doing this with me. Why don't you go ahead and plug your podcast, and then we'll get out of here. Okay, so um, my podcast, It's Murder Up North. Um, You can find it on all podcast platforms, and you can contact me on Twitter. Um, And thank you so much for having me on, and I look forward to the Titanic episode. (laughs) Absolutely. Well, thanks for coming on. And before we go, I have one question. Do you mind answering? Go on. If you could be one sandwich condiment, what would you be and why? Uh, ketchup, because it's the only one I like. Fair. And I'd like to be likable, you know. Right, <laughs> so. right. No no spicy mustard. I think the last person I had on from the UK or from, you know, from Europe said spicy mustard. Is that a thing you like? Ooh. I told to my brother, he had it on a hot dog. <laughs> About 20 years ago, I regretted it instantly, so now I'm sticking with ketchup. Well, Jenny, thanks again for coming on. I'm glad we finally got to do this. We'll definitely have to uh, work together again in the future, and I hope you have a good day. Yes, you too. See you later. Thanks for listening. And remember, you never know what's lurking in the shadows, lingering around the corner, walking past your house at night. So watch out. Stay safe and keep listening. This has been The Jury Room.